Welcome to Wake Up with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, your source for helpful information, advice, and tips to live your life in a mindful way in this increasingly chaotic world. For over four decades, Dr. Douglas has been teaching people how to develop their intuition and live their lives in a conscious way. His news and views of the world tomorrow today are always informative and revealing. To learn more about Dr. Douglas, be sure to visit his website, douglasjamescottrell.com, where you can download self-help exercises you can do right in the comfort of your own home. And now here's your host, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Welcome to Wake Up. I'm your host, Douglas James Cottrell, and joining me is my good friend, Les Hubert. Hey, Doug. Uh, tonight, we're going to be touching upon peace in our lives. You know, these days, you know, we every time you turn on the TV or the radio, you hear some disturbance, some disaster or war somewhere in the world. How can we have peace in our lives in these days of chaos? Well, the world is not going to change. It hasn't changed in my lifetime. In as much as uh, I think the good book says, you will always have a wars and rumors of wars. Um, you might better put that there will always be times of uncertainty and rumors of uncertainty. To understand, first of all, that the world is not what you perceive it. It is different than what your perception of what it is right now. Uh, you have a limited point of view. You have a singular point of view. Your values are based on all your past life experiences in your life as you've been growing up. And to come to some conclusion about things, you can only base that on what you've experienced. With the understanding that there are things that you've not seen or experienced before that you don't know about, you will still have an uninformed opinion on what those future things are going to be. So the tendency for everyone in the mundane world is that when something happens, their first reaction is fearful or to be fear, full of fear. What's going to happen outside of your world, beyond your fingertips, you have absolutely no control over. What's happening inside your world, which is from your fingertips back, you have complete control. So trying to draw that imaginary line between the things that you have control over and the things that you do not and cannot have control over is one way to begin the process of how, and keep, how to keep your peace. The second is don't take offense easily. Don't worry what other people are thinking about you or what you believe they're thinking about you. As I can guarantee you, they're not thinking about you like you are thinking about them. More than likely, they're not even thinking about you at all, only when they see you. So the rest of the time, they're not thinking about you. But that roller coaster, that Ferris wheel, shall I call it, those thoughts that are going around and around and around in your head about that person, what they said or did, or the circumstances that might happen. That's going in your head all the time. Learning to stop that, to get off that ride, if you will, is a major accomplishment. Hmm. And so you say to yourself, God loves me. 
God loves me. Yeah, God loves me. And then you begin to love yourself and you understand that God loves you and that you deserve good things. You deserve peace. You deserve prosperity. And we're not talking about being you know, um, comfortable and uh, you know, win the lottery mentality. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you deserve things. You deserve good things. Because basically, you live the way you believe. You live your values. You help when you can. Okay, so if you constantly help people, constantly do things that are to improve the world, you know, the old saying, what goes out comes back. You're starting the process in a simple way, which leads into the more, a more important way of how to keep your peace. So be not concerned with what other people say. You don't take offense easily. You don't allow yourself to be triggered into emotional responses. To have emotional control is a maturity of emotions and of your spiritual progression and advancement. Your emotions demonstrate your spiritual, if you will, level, you know, where you are in, in the grading scale. So if you have control over your emotions, you're well on your way to getting away from the grip of fear and anger. And oh my God, that's going to happen. Oh my God, this is going to happen. Oh my God, there's a storm coming. Oh my God, the economy. Oh my God, the president. Oh my God. <laughs> so I say, wait a minute. I'm on my front lawn here. I'm looking up. There's, uh, you know, clouds in the sky, sun shining. What's happening? Nothing. The flowers are growing. <laughs> Grass is growing. Got to cut it on Saturday. So if you can get your mind back to that point of reality to center your mind, to focus your mind, to be mindful of what's going on around you, not what's possibly going around you, what's going on out there, what's going on overseas, or what's going on on cable TV. Don't watch the TV. Don't read the newspapers. Stay away from Twitter. Stay away from all those other social media, if you can, for one day. And then on the weekend, you say, mm, no cell phone, no social media. I'm just going to take it easy. And you start to bring your mind back to that center point. You're centering yourself. These are powerful spiritual principles that people come up with all kinds of, gar of uh, uh, jargon for. And I'm taking it back to being simple. Center yourself. You know, the good books say the way to heaven is to be like a little child. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> well, you look at a child, they're happy. They're wondering about the world. They're not worried about what's going on in some other strange faraway country or what economic situations are going to happen or what the weather conditions are going to be. They're enjoying the moment. Heck, you put a bunch of strange kids together, that is to say strangers to each other, within minutes they're playing with one another. I don't know about you, Doug, but I remember as a kid, you know, we had Sundays, everything was closed. You know, it was a day of rest. You know, we had Sunday dinner, we went to church in the morning. And it was a day of just, blah, you just, it was like a mental health day, although I didn't call it that at the time. And it was a big deal when we had our first store, it was called Cumberland Farms, and they opened up on Sundays. And we we're like, wow, we can buy milk and bread. And everybody thought, this is great. And then the malls opened up and everybody was like, this is great. And now 
you don't, there's no rest. It's constant. It's like being in New York city, which opened 24 seven, there's no break. And people are, you know, saying, well, this has got to stop. So are you pretty much leaving it up to us to say, this is our choice. We can choose to step away from all this stuff and just enter into a more peaceful state. It's kind of the day of rest can be considered a physical day of rest, but also a mental day of rest. Absolutely. So if you have a mental day of rest, it's kind of what I'm proposing, that you don't have stimulation. And, you know, we always, um, these days anyway, we're bombarded with information. Back in the day, there was the, the, the three uh, uh, major television stations or networks, and then there was uh, the local papers. Maybe there was one or two national papers. And so you might have got your information for in a short time. Now, how many of us, we just got to turn on the cell phone, got to see what the stocks are saying, got to see what the news is, got to see what the president said, have to do this and then check our social media. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we stay within that little orb and we feed information to ourselves like a seagull, you know, flying around looking for more garbage to put into its gullet. And mm. so we end up with all this bombardment of, oh, my God, oh, my God, so-and-so said, Twitter is this and Twitter that. And I'm not, not uh, lambasting the social media platforms, don't get me wrong. It's like, take a break, you know, all right. yeah. do a little fasting, a little mental fasting. There's a term that I'm coining right now. And if you can stay away from those websites that you constantly go to, to get your your uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner of crapola, because basically, uh, when you're out there in the in the social media, let's just call it the the news media for a generic term. Did you know that people sit down and they think up the headlines for the news story mm. and they want to grab you. They want, they're, they're vying for your attention. They want it, They want to get you to read the article. Well, they do that and they appeal to your sense, emotional sense, usually fear. I once, uh, somebody told me that in this way, um, four women take on a such and such tank and you go you know I'm, I'm just leaving the country out and you say oh, my four women attacked a tank oh my god what was that all about ah gotcha and you read more and then you find out four women were israeli soldiers who were attacking a tank that was coming into some place that shouldn't be there oh wait a minute they're soldiers just because they're women they're soldiers that, that, that should be like soldiers attacking a tank What's the news story there? However, right. the title got you. Okay. So not to not to say anything about the country or the circumstances of the sex of the soldiers. It's the idea that there are people who sit down and they are trained on how to put out a headline and grab you. Hmm. Okay. The way not to be provoked is don't read it anyway. How many of us can resist? You know, can we put the cell phone down? Can we have our breakfast before we start looking at our texts, messages, and, and emails? Not too many can these days. Your mind is on high alert. It's always out. Yeah, all the time. Going out, going out. 
Yeah. Every time you think about something, every time you focus on something outside of you, a little bit of energy gets shot out from you and you oh. become tired and you become weak. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh my God, why am I so tired? Well, because all day long you've been reading about things in faraway countries where people have been killed, disasters have happened, economic chaos has happened, fires have happened, floods have happened, political upheavals, on and on and on it goes. Well, what happens if you had to turn off your, your source of information? My God, I'm on the front lawn. Clouds in the sky. It's a beautiful day. I think I'll have a suntan. Okay, that leads into, you know, like how to deal with your peace is, can you go to the beach and just sit there and watch the waves come in? Or do you have to get up and throw a frisbee around or, or get a little paddle toy and go out and, or, or do you have to have them have the lunch made? Or do you have to read the book? Can you relax? I'm here to say most people cannot. They don't know how. They haven't been trained. Here in the West, we get up at 7, 8 o'clock and we go to work. We have breakfast at 8 or 9. And three hours later, we're having lunch. We go back to work at 1. And four or five hours later, 5 o'clock, we go home. In Europe, you get up and go to work at 10 o'clock in the morning. And you might have a coffee and a bun. You work until 2 or 2.30 in the afternoon. That's six hours. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you have a two-hour break where you can go do your shopping. Go visit the wife at home. Go visit your husband. Mm -hmm. Take a walk. Take the kids around. Then you go back at 4 and you work till 8. And you come home and you have dinner at 9 or 10. That's why you don't need a big breakfast because you've had a late meal. Hmm, but right. you're living your life because you didn't have to get up at six in the morning to go through mayhem of traffic and and uh, traffic congestion, you know, fight the traffic, as we say. They get there at nine o'clock or eight o'clock for that matter. So you get there around 10 and then you work until six hours, which is long enough. That's you know, to most of your day. There's no interruption after three hours getting started. Uh -huh. You get to work six hours. You get more done in that day than at any time. And because you have a two-hour midday break, you feel refreshed when you go back and finish off that four to eight. Mm -hmm. And you live your life. You, do, you work to live. You don't live to work. You think about you and your family's health every minute, every day, not just when sick. We believe healthcare should bring results and rejuvenate the body. That's why Dr. Douglas James Cottrell compiled some of his best tips from his readings into a book, The Complete New Age Health Guide, Volume 1. From nutrition, anti-aging and skincare to serious disorders and diseases like autism, PTSD, and cancer. Find out more at douglasjamescottrellstore.com or buy a copy on Amazon today. So, you know, the, the naysayers would say to you, Doug, well, you know, how can you not watch the news? How can you, you know, you have to know what's going on around the world. I mean, how can you not? 
you know, how dare you not be concerned about what's happening in Afghanistan? How dare you not be concerned about what's happening in Nairobi, et cetera, et cetera. How do you deal with that? I mean, I just say, listen, I need a break today. I remember when I was a kid, you know, when you had the six o'clock news, the noontime news, and then 11 o'clock news. News is on all the time now. It's, it's like 24-7. How do you remedy that? How do you balance that out? Okay, so what is it you really need to know? Okay, do you need to know what's going on in faraway countries? Do you need to know what the weather is on the West Coast when you live on the East Coast? Do you need to know what political parties are suggesting or doing that have absolutely nothing to do with you or you can't do anything about it? Remember, the voter is the most powerful person in the world on the day they vote. The day after they vote, they're back to nothing again. <laughs> like that. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how can how can I say you know you don't you know you don't need to know what's going on in the world? You don't. You just need to know what's going on in your world, and be aware of what else is going on. Okay. So when you go to vote for somebody, you should know whom the person is, what their platforms is is or will be and uh, then you can decide to vote for them but that, that means you have to actually talk to the to the candidates or find out about them well i know most people get there into the road in the voting booth and they say okay republican ka-ching no democrat ka-ching independent ka-ching who did you just vote for who is the local sheriff and the towns this and the and the engineer that and the lieutenant governor i don't know I just don't, yeah. I just vote what my family said. We're all Republican. <laughs> right there, Republican, Independent, Democrat, and other, you have a problem because you're not finding out what's important to you. If oh, you do mother. not vote, yeah. you have no moral standing ground to complain after the election. So vote. Even if you go to <laughs> Kaching Rune, at least you voted. But if you do not vote, Okay, no matter what your thoughts are that, you know, it's a wasted vote or whatever, no matter what, if you do not vote, then you morally and ethically have no reason to complain because you've basically given up your right by not voting. Okay, that's a spiritual responsibility. I teach this. Go and vote. Find out who is the best candidate. And that's how yeah. you find out about the world. Do your homework, the right? The world that's around you. Right. But we care about what's going on in Afghanistan. Yes, we only need to know hear one story. You know, you watch your, you watch your MSNBC or CBS, NBC. You watch your, your CNN or you watch your Fox News. News, not opinion. Mm. Knowing the difference between opinion media and news media is a mm. huge way to keep your peace, because oh. opinions are full of non-facts. And you can always tell you're listening to an opinion broadcaster when sort of towards the end of it, they say, this could be true. And if this was true, this would be bad. Or this is my opinion. There you go. Mm. Okay. It's an old newspaper trick. I've had it happen to me and I, I, because I'm a newspaper person in Toronto, I knew the, the Global Mail, the tele Telegram, and a Toronto Star where I worked. I learned that newspaper articles get all the way down. They're outrageous. They've got all kinds of things said and going on and you're getting all emotional reading this thing. It's down to the end and it says, you know, 
and this this is my opinion and mm-hmm. or this could be true so or that's the best reporting i've done you know more coming later something like that so if you understand that you're being bombarded for things to get you emotionally upset to steal your peace halfway there to say whoa wait a minute this person just said some i saw something on the news today and tonight about an apartment that was flooded somewhere i think it was new york and a young family with a two-year-old toddler would drowned in the basement because they couldn't get out no egress probably in the apartment Mm -hmm. and that's just horrible okay when i see stories like that coming up on the news on the media the television you know what i do I change the channel. I don't need to know that some horrifically terrible, you know, godforsaken thing happened. So allowing, you know, the the stimulus to come into you is half the half the battle. You can catch up on the news. You can find out what the worldly news is. You can talk to your friends. But when you see something horrific coming up on the TV, change the channel. Turn the volume down. Don't look yeah. at it. It's not as if you could help anyway, right? Well, the, the the idea is the events already happen. It's horrific. It's tragic, but yeah. it's beyond your fingertips. Right. So yep. You don't want to reach out and experience that terrible feeling that you had no control over, nothing yeah. to do with, and it was far away. Yeah. Now, spiritual people have a tendency to to pick up on things, energy, feelings. So, if you're constantly sticking your hand into a bucket of poop. The smell is going to be on your hand all the time. So don't stick your hand in the poop. Okay? So how to keep your peace? Be selective. I know we're all over the board here tonight, but the idea is how can you learn how to do these things in this world? We have instant everything. I can get on any Google search. I can watch late-night TV. I have a television set that can give me television stations in India, Afghanistan, Persia, uh, the Philippines, anywhere in the world, I can see what the newscast is. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. But instantly, I can find out what's going on in those countries. Now, if I have an interest in what's going on in the Pujam in India, naturally, I would look for it. If I have family someplace, I would like to know how they are. So what we're getting down to is selection. You have complete control by your fingertips, on what you're allowing to come into your ears, okay? And what goes in your ears sticks in your head. And then you might feel terrible all day long because you've heard of some horrific incident in a faraway place. Mm -hmm. Mm. The next step is don't accept that emotion. Don't accept, don't be triggered by that horrific event. Try to keep your insulation around you so that you don't adulterate yourself and lose your peace. Because if you constantly hear about bad stuff, where's the room for the joy and the peace and the creativeness and the good stuff and the love? Mm -hmm. True. There's enough darkness in the world. The world is inherently a really violent, terrible, bad place. But there are everglow lights all over the world. You could be one of them. In the wake up, realize you look for the light or you look for the darkness. Now, it's your choice. So how do you keep your peace? Don't get triggered. 
don't go looking for bad stuff. When you see bad stuff that doesn't concern you, you can't do anything about it, avoid it. Mm -hmm. Be aware, okay? Don't stick your head in the sand. Be aware of what's going on. And if you have an interest in something, whatever it is, a political situation, something going on in your community, don't have an uninformed opinion. Be informed about your opinion. And then be polite. Express your opinion. There's no need to try to use, you know, might does not make right. You say right. your piece, you keep your peace, uh, then you go along with everybody else. And if they're all wrong and you're right, well, you let everybody know later on. See, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Doug. Well, thanks for another great podcast. Okay, my friends, until next time, uh, may you enjoy all aspects of God, health, wealth, and peace of mind. Thank you very much for listening to Wake Up. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. And we'd greatly appreciate your review of our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to let others know about the great content we're producing. For more about Dr. Douglas's self-development classes, books, and other related products, please visit his website, douglasjamescartrell.com. Until next time, we wish you all of God's blessings, health, wealth, and peace of mind.